0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Underdacted Podcast. It's a place where we talk about all things politics, culture, and society. I am your host, Nikita Gans. Guys, I just want to take a minute to thank everyone who tuned in for the first episode. There were a lot of things that we were figuring out for the first time and receiving such great feedback has been amazing and we just want to thank everyone for it also a certain co-host has been asked to lower their decibel levels but uh, due to the theme of today's episode i don't think we can guarantee that
1: it's okay nikki i think we all know that that feedback was reserved for me but like she said because parts of this video is about america i for sure can't guarantee especially if we're talking about hillary or obama Guys, today
0: we're going to talk about Julian Assange, who is the founder of WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks is an international not-for-profit organization that publishes news leaks. I mean, it is responsible for leaking confidential information and information about, sometimes about the world's most oppressive regimes. And I don't mean North Korea. (laughs)
1: I'm sure most of you have heard of Assange, and even if you have not heard him by name, you would have felt his impact. Because almost every single major investigative story to break out the past one and a half decade actually owes its contents to the courage of Assange and his team at WikiLeaks. And such a figure one would think would be highly celebrated and hailed, right? Not, of course, by the government, but at least by, you know, the bastions of freedom of speech, like your New York Times and The Guardians. But in the case of Assange, it was not so. Assange was denounced. He was subjected to the most horrific vilification, character assassination, and unbelievable torture and abuse. He's actually currently at the Belmarsh Prison in the UK.
0: So what Assange actually did is that he leaked videos of horrific war crimes committed by American soldiers in Iraq. And since then, the American government has actually been hot on his trail. In 2019, he was finally arrested and he spent the better part of this year in prison. He's been kept in solitary confinement for 23 and a half hours a day in one of the most tough prisons in the world. And now he faces extradition to America, which is up to 175 years in prison. And that's under the Espionage Act.
2: Yeah, the Espionage Act is actually a relic from the World War I era, which was excavated during the Obama presidency. This is the first time a journalist is being charged under it.
1: The reason we're choosing to talk about him today is because his case is at a really critical juncture. He's undergoing trial in the English court and the judgment is to be handed out in Feb next year. So we thought there's no better time to bring attention to his cause. And today through our podcast, we attempt to present the story that's often untold, but is very important. Something that Julian did for us, you know, and information is power. That's something that Julian Assange really lived by. And today when Assange and WikiLeaks is under threat because of massive state sponsored vilification, it's, ma- it's our moral responsibility to set the story straight and stand behind them.
0: Yeah, so WikiLeaks, just for a little background, WikiLeaks is an online library, which contains confidential information, and this information is sometimes about the most powerful regimes in the world. In Julian Assange's own words, WikiLeaks is a giant library of one of the world's most persecuted documents. WikiLeaks gives asylum to these documents, it promotes them, it analyzes them, and it also obtains more. It was founded in 2006 and the aim of WikiLeaks has always been to give information to people directly, to give direct source material to people and then people get to make their own value judgments. So it's not an opinion piece from the New York Times or the Guardian. So it's just information straight to the people.
2: Yeah, that's precisely what makes WikiLeaks so unique, right? That unlike uh, the major media gatekeepers, the intention is never to impose a narrative on the, on the material. By and large, they align themselves with no commercial body and uh, no political party either. Uh, it does what I think all journalists should be doing, right? Enable evidence-based judgment.
1: Absolutely. And WikiLeaks has broken some of the biggest stories of the past two decades. And the breadth and depth of their impact has just been massive. It's revealed wrongdoings of governments across the board. It's not just one country, right? It's every single authoritarian regime from Congo to Cairo to Brazil to Tunisia. And in fact, people attribute the Tunisian uprising to Wikileaks, which which eventually led to the Arab Spring, which is a pro-democracy movement that spread across the Arab world. So the impact of it has just been massive. There have been quite a few damning leaks uh, by WikiLeaks about America, and especially American foreign policy. America has waged grotesque wars across the globe against people in Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Yemen, and Libya, and just countless others. They've not only killed and mutilated people, but thousands of women have been raped by soldiers. And all this in the name of what? In the name of eradicating terrorism, while in fact the terrorists are the Americans, right? And how do we know of all this information? This information was not shared with us by the government. CNN, MSNBC did not share this information with us. It was a few brave and courageous people like Assange, like Snowden, who put their life literally on the line to bring transparency and to actually be a part of democracy and then tell us and inform us that, okay, this is what the government has been doing in our names.
2: Yeah, so what WikiLeaks does, it it, it exposes the misconduct of not just the US government, but of several other countries as well. Now, if the truth that emerges from this is that the US government's tactics are basically like the dream of an openly authoritarian regime, you know, the stuff they dream of but can't achieve, then that's just the truth.
0: I mean, that's so true. These things are things that are already happening like Roger Waters from Pink Floyd said, Assange has been the shiner of light in dark places. And people like Assange and Snowden are the ones who are bringing the attention of the entire world to these heinous things that powerful regimes are already doing. So why we're targeting torchbearers and not the ones who are committing these crimes is beyond me. I mean, that's the most frustrating part of this issue.
2: So- Whistleblowers have always been like intriguing figures in our society, right? The archive that uh, WikiLeaks has created has provided us with deep insight into the international workings of the U.S. state, like Daniel Ellsberg when he gave the Pentagon Papers to the media in 1971 that exposed the Vietnam War crimes. And today, Ellsberg is celebrated as a patron saint of whistleblowers, while Assange has become something quite different.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we often wonder actually why he's become one of the most polarizing and divisive figures of our times, even though we would assume that he would be the most celebrated, right, for the kind of work WikiLeaks has done.
1: Absolutely. And till 2010, though WikiLeaks was prominent, it wasn't infamous. It was in 2010 when it decided to leak material about America and American war crimes, did it get targeted the way it did? So in 2010, military documents about Iraq war were revealed by WikiLeaks and then it became a household name. So what what did the Iraq warlock show us? It showed us that Americans had been killing civilians unprovoked, left, right and center. And the worst and most critical and most clinching was this collateral murder video that was released. It was yeah. a classified gunsight video of a U.S. Army helicopter. And in this video, there were two members of the military who just started raining fire on unarmed civilians in Baghdad. And after which they actually moved a fire on a school bus that was carrying children. And over 12 civilians were killed. And two journalists as well. And imagine how depraved and disgusting this is. right? Just imagine soldiers imagine the psyche of soldiers and what they're doing and how and what has brought them to become like this
0: yeah i mean the soldiers were heard saying things like oh yeah look at those dead bastards or things like ha 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 look at them i hit them you know and this is while they are shooting civilians dead so it it all it's it's eerily similar to the kind of video games we see today honestly
2: yeah. this is why I always asked you not to play PUBG, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, we've put the link
0: to the video, uh, to especially the Collateral Murder video in the description. And it is graphic, but it is also a reality that all of us need to confront, especially if we want to understand the significance of what WikiLeaks has given to the world and what kind of a challenge this is to the supremacy of the American empire. I mean, of course, uh, there were many others who helped Julian Assange strike this blow to the American empire. And uh, I think one of the names that, uh, you know, equally has caught our attention in the past decade is, uh, I think, Chelsea Manning, who was an intelligence officer in posted in Iraq at the time. And in fact, she was the one who released, uh, you know, all of these U.S. military videos to WikiLeaks.
2: Yes, um, Chelsea Manning, born Bradley Manning, a trans woman, was posted in Iraq at the time. And uh, she was an intelligence analyst. And so she had access to classified databases. She gave the information to WikiLeaks and the material included uh, the Baghdad airstrike video and several other army reports that came to be known later as the War War the Iraq war logs, and Afghan war diary. And uh, soon after, she was arrested, of course, and charged with 22 offenses, put in solitary confinement, and forced to endure inhumane treatment. And, um, of course, I can't even begin to think about the plight of a prisoner who is was drawn. She was convicted uh, of 17 of the original charges and sentenced to 35 years at a maximum security prison, Uh, The sentence was then later changed to seven years under the Obama presidency. So, yeah, the thing to note here is that Assange is just the publisher of these documents. So it's baffling that he is lined up to get more than a century in prison. And none of this adds up.
0: I mean, uh, Manning has leaked more than 700,000 classified U.S. military documents. And these included battlefield reports of like... You know, the wars that happened in Iraq and Afghanistan. I mean, these are documents that were like so far buried deep in some CIA server somewhere. You know, and these documents have gone to ch- gone on to change the landscape of US military history. I mean, the world really began to see them for who they are, murderers. And at what cost? At the cost of facing court-martial, at the cost of facing the wrath of the American government? Even death penalty, you know, the Espionage Act actually has death penalty in it. And I mean, what ulterior motive could you possibly attribute? It has been years since these documents came out. Has anyone been able to attach any ulterior motive to Manning for releasing any of these documents? I really think not. And I mean, the last thing, of course, is that <laughs> I'm she was our age almost when she was doing this and I'm just in like complete awe of her. Like, just think about the amount of courage it would have taken her to.
2: Yeah, and we are scared that our visa might get cancelled. Don't (coughs) worry. So,
0: WikiLeaks has been around since 2006, but 2010 really proved to be a catastrophic year for Assange and for WikiLeaks as well. I mean, it was the year when he dropped the Iraq war war logs for all of the world to see. But it was also the year that
2: he got accused of sexual assault, right? Yeah, Assange discovered that he had been under investigation by the Swedish police for allegations that included two counts of sexual molestation, one count of illegal coercion, and one count of rape. And uh, these allegations raise a few difficult questions. Like, do they water down the work of WikiLeaks or derail the movement of, against free speech in any way? And uh, the question really comes down to one thing. Can the two things be seen separately?
0: Yeah, I think before we dive into these questions, I think it's important to look at the facts. So in 2010, Assange made a trip to Stockholm, Sweden. And that was where a Swedish woman said that Assange had tampered with a condom during sex and essentially forced her to have unprotected sex with him. Then during the same visit to Stockholm, another woman said that Assange had penetrated her without a condom while she was sleeping.
1: And Assange has denied these allegations, okay? But I'm deeply uncomfortable calling these allegations motivated. In my opinion, the way we should be looking at it is to look at, how it came about procedurally. What happened? How was it investigated? Was it investigated in fairness? The investigation should have been fair to both Assange and the woman accusing him. Yeah. And in this case, it was nothing but because the two lead prosecutors in this case did not agree with each other about the course to take. One felt that there was no case. Another felt that There was a case and and that she had to pursue it. And not only this, when Assange was uh, meant to come in for questioning, he agreed. He did not refuse. He just said, give me a promise that once I come to Sweden for the hearing, I will not be extradited to the US. And then he also agreed to being questioned over Skype. But both these requests of him were denied. Why? Why? None of
0: us know why, or do we re- or do we know why? <laughs> we do. <laughs> and just the fact that his extradition to Sweden would have meant his effective handover to America is actually the most frustrating point of this. I mean, one of the victims in 2019 herself tweeted, and I quote her here. She said, I would be very surprised and sad if Julian is handed over to America. For me, this was never about anything else other than his misconduct against me and other women and his refusal to take responsibility for it. Too bad my case could never be investigated properly, but it's already been closed. I mean, this is what the victim said. In all fairness to the victim and the perpetrator, if this if this can be you know removed from his extradition to the US, nobody is going to deny that he should go to Sweden and face charges for sexual assault. Nobody is going to deny that. You
2: know, yeah, in 2019, the investigation into the rape allegation was first reopened and then subsequently dropped. So, the investigation, lasting nearly 10 years, was dropped three times and restarted before finally being abandoned as the statute of limitations had approached. Yeah, so in 2019, the investigation into the rape allegation was first reopened and then dropped. So the investigation, lasting nearly 10 years, was dropped three times and restarted before finally being abandoned as the statute of limitations had approached.
0: Yeah, so I mean, we can clearly see where this was going procedurally. And, you know, so many people across the globe has have rushed to diminish Assange and all the work WikiLeaks has done. And but the... Continuous issue with this always will be the interconnectedness of the Swedish investigation with the American investigation. Had there been a plausible way for Assange to have faced trial with a guarantee that he will not be sent to America, I think our conversation right now would be very different.
1: All these transnational issues are in fact interwoven with each other. And those who are observing America... As Assange was at that point of time, it was quite obvious that America, like I said, was hot on his trail. And even if a public extradition request was not made yet, it was very, very obvious that it was on the works. So Assange sought political asylum with the Ecuadorian embassy for reasons solely connected to the extradition. And can we here please take a minute to appreciate Ecuador. Uh, Ecuador is a small country barely with 14 million people but with one of the finest and I mean the finest leaders at at the health, President Rafael Correa, who stood up to American bullying and what he did was he decided to give him asylum so during that and during the time of Correa's presidency Assange was free you know, within the prison but he was still free, he had his rights intact, he could receive visitors I'm sure he could order in Food, he had access to the internet. And at this point of time, WikiLeaks was dropping information. It, it, it didn't stop its work. But all this ended because Korea's presidency ended and he was succeeded by possibly the worst person I know, Lenin Moreno. And Moreno, unlike Korea, was bought by the American government. He struck a deal with America loans started flowing in from america to ecuador into the pockets of the ecuadorian elite mind you not to the people of ecuador and one of the terms for this was what it was to give up assange so then ecuador's treatment to assange completely changed
0: yeah i mean lenin moreno comes to power and essentially all strings of protection over assange are loosened and all his fundamental rights are taken away He's suddenly under constant surveillance. His visitations are restricted. And it was here, it was now that you know his health rapidly deteriorated. And all this to pursue financial interests.
2: Yeah. So in January 2018, three doctors performed an intensive psychological and physical examination of Assange, who was uh, still at the Ecuadorian embassy at the time, and determined, and I quote, that his continued confinement is dangerous physically and mentally to him and a clear infringement of his human right to health care. And later in May 2019, uh, there was a visit to Belmarsh prison and a UN special rapporteur on torture reported that Assange had been Deliberately exposed for a period of several years to a progressively severe form of cruel, inhumane, or degrading treatment, the cumulative effects of which can only be described as psychological torture. As a result of this, he has always he has effectively been forced to become suicidal, and that remains the large concern of his lawyers that if he is extradited, then he will commit suicide.
0: Yeah, I mean. What a way to diminish someone entirely by putting them through psychological torture. And actually, after so many years of being confined to the Ecuadorian embassy, where things were already becoming so hostile, uh, in April 2019, it was finally the British police barged into the embassy and dragged Assange out. And let me just reiterate here, guys, that the embassies and consulates are sovereign land. So, the four quarters of the embassy are actually Ecuadorian land in England.
1: In The way in which he was dragged out, I mean, that was so disgusting and so inhumane and undignified. I can't, I I don't have more words to describe it. And the only case the British had against him at that point was for skipping bail, which is a minor offence and most people are actually let off. You know, the fact that he was banished to Belmarsh prison for 15 weeks for skipping, b- for skipping bail is a travesty. And it's a pointed reminder, in fact, of who the puppet master is behind these theatrics of judicial proceedings. It's America. And And After Assange was dragged out, he was immediately served with a provisional US extradition request. And history vindicated Assange, because up until this point of time, both the government and the media together participated in constructing a false narrative that around his character, saying that he had an inflated self of self-importance and he thought everyone was behind it. And this is the reason why he sought asylum. While Assange and lawyers consistently maintained that the primary reason he sought protection in the Ecuadorian embassy was to avoid extradition. And like I said, history vindicated it. We know what happened.
0: So we've spoken about the scale of what Assange and WikiLeaks has achieved. We know the level of a blow that Uh, WikiLeaks has struck to American supremacy. So what would you say has America's position been in the past decade with regards to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks?
1: It's damn clear for me. It seems like it's being done to set an example, to incarcerate him, to isolate him. It's a warning to others not to follow the WikiLeaks path. And United States, if anything, is very, very protective of its illusion of democracy. And the system, of of course, won't work if anyone is permitted to lift its veil of lies. And Assange lifted it. But what's also interesting is that there was another narrative that Assange provided about the domestic issues of America. And here the Democrats and the Republicans are the same. There's absolutely no difference. Both the Democrats and the Republicans are neoliberal and imperialist parties. And what made Julian Assange a particular thorn in the Democratic Party was the fact that many people think that he was the reason Hillary Clinton lost in in the 2016 elections against Trump. And this was because it was widely peddled and fabricated that he did, when in fact he didn't. This was because of uh, the DNC papers that dropped and because of uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, Goldman Sachs paid speeches and also Hillary emails that we're all aware of. And can I just say one thing? There's one thing the Democratic Party can't do well. It is introspection. <laughs> and Hillary lost because she's a warmongering mongering piece of fill in the blanks. There's
0: a clip of her saying that um why don't we drone the shit out of Assange? I mean, Hillary lost because of Hillary. Because she's a war exactly. asshole. That's it. <laughs> and Joe yeah. Biden,
1: by the way, called him a high-tech terrorist. So who yeah. for a Joe Biden presidency?
2: Yeah, dude. Like the Democratic Party has such a rotten core and they just don't want to look inward. It's yeah, but the whole thing like comes down to the fact that They want to maintain a single narrative, right, and one that is pro-West and decided by the U.S. Anybody who challenges this narrative does the great harm of, like, awakening public opinion. And this is why WikiLeaks becomes so dangerous, because it challenges the formal functioning of power.
0: Yeah, I mean, after looking at the current order of the world, one just begins to think how many more assanges will we need on the chopping block for all of us to start seeing things more clearly. And I think the biggest thing now, of course, is that post 9-11, the portrayal of events across the globe also changed dramatically. I mean, a huge majority of American and European populations often accept the fact that it is indeed the West and quote-unquote Western ideas of freedom and democracy that are challenged by the rest of the world. I mean, in mainstream media, America has a very settled position as a toppler of fast fascist regimes, and bring to wow. a democracy, while on-ground reality has clearly been shown by WikiLeaks.
2: That's what WikiLeaks does, right? It, it's like, it basically challenges the status quo, and it uses the internet as a subversive force to do so. So it's challenging, like, the very roots of the existing world order. By weaponizing freedom of expression, it radically shifts the power between government and society, and it does so in favor of the latter. Yeah.
0: Yes, another aspect of this is, of course, big press. I mean, the media's treatment of Assange over the decade has been extreme, to say the least. And the tide has always been oscillating and almost always for the worse for Assange. So, would we say that the media is actually complicit in the torture of Julian Assange? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, man. This is the issue with corporate media, right? Like they use the documents that he published as news stories, benefited from the information that he sourced, and now they're just silent spectators of the entire tragedy. So the issue becomes about individuals versus powerful institutions, I think. And it's so, I mean, I can't believe it because they're basically jeopardizing the core of their own profession.
1: Right. And the narratives they built about him are so deplorable. Yeah? Like, they literally distorted facts and built an alternative history. They kept referring to his predicament as self-imposed isolation, which is such a disservice to the truth. You know, because this phrase, this phrase, self-isolation, obviously conjures a very different image of what it was for Assange. It was a literal manhunt by the U.S. <laughs> yeah. It was definitely not self-imposed. He was pushed to seek it. And to jump on this bandwagon was John Oliver and Trevor Noah. They added to this narrative of Assange being delusional, childish, narcissist. You know, actually, out of the 10-minute video clip of Trevor talking about uh, Assange, eight minutes is about Assange's physical appearance and how he mistreats his cat. This is a man, let me remind you, who's published the most damning leaks of all times. And his coverage is that he doesn't wash his plates in the Ecuadorian embassy. Are you for real? And this kind of buffoonery, in fact, is attributed to anyone who doesn't find America agreeable. John Oliver did this about Nicolas Maduro, in fact. And like I said, this narcissist trope is something that's commonly used against anyone America finds disagreeable. Nicolas Maduro, Hugo Chavez, Vladimir Putin, and even Bernie Sanders, cute, sweet, tata Bernie yeah. Sanders has also been targeted with this trope and, and it's also the same line that was used against Snowden. Yeah. And every time, you know, I hear these insults of him being a narcissist. I mean, first of all, you're not a psychologist, so why are you making that statement? And yeah. second of all, how does it even diminish the work that he's done? See, I don't know him personally, so I'm not going to say, yeah, he's funny, he's warm. But his work has shown me something else. It's shown Hi. me that he's courageous. He's shown me that he actually cares for his world. And this, his love for the world is unparalleled. It's much more than John Oliver, Trevor Noah, New York Times clearly cares for the world. And he's done that in, a, in at an enormous cost, a personal
2: cost. So I think that for me is what stands out about the man. And the thing is that Julian Assange is not on trial for his personality. By drawing attention away from the principles of this case, the obsession with his character basically undermines the significance of his revelations. And it's all such bullshit, dude. Like, it's such a predictable, like, distraction and shows the sorry state of our political and cultural discourse they actively distort public debate by emphasizing all of these like traits and the strategy strategy becomes very clear, right? It's demonizing the messenger and poisoning the message.
0: Yeah, I mean, this kind of character assassination really greatly hinders the public's understanding. And, you know, his persecution under espionage charges now will basically open the door for anyone anywhere around the world to suffer the same fate. You know, and what will be the ramifications on the freedom of press and the impact that the criminal, that the criminal investigation of Julian Assange will have on free speech and not just in America, but actually globally. And this indictment against him, it criminalizes not just the publication of classified information, but also its receipt and possession. So effectively, it puts an end to all national security journalism
2: yeah it, it basically criminalizes the news gathering process and before we
1: part ways and you know give our final thoughts about assange and his case we must also speak about the absolute travesty of a trial that he is going through currently yeah. he's facing trial before a judge who many people refer to as safe judge for prosecution And what's absolutely horrifying, this judge's husband has strong connections with the American arm industry and his name also features as a part of WikiLeaks. So the fact Mm -hmm. that she's not refused herself says volumes about the state of this trial. This also reminds me of someone we might be familiar with in our country. What's really, really tragic is that is how he's treated in court. He's being held in a glass box in court. He cannot give instructions to his lawyer. And his lawyer, Jennifer Robinson, in fact, said that every time she needs to ask him something or she needs to say something to her, he'd have to raise his voice and the prosecution immediately immediately uses it they can, because they can hear it. What a farce! We must think, is there a way around this? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
0: Britain could just simply step up, show some spine and not deport somebody who has just given stone-cold facts to the world. And he's just a political prisoner at the end of the day.
2: They they might appeal and it might go to the UK's uh, Supreme Court and then it might go to the International Court. So there's still some hope. Yeah. But where is Australia in this conversation?
1: Because in fact, Assange is an Australian citizen. So why isn't Australia fighting for his rights? Because what is this reach, extraterritorial reach of America? And why are the other countries being okay with it? Because if you can just think of communist China doing this, you can just imagine the kind of pushback that it would have received. I just want to make one last point about big tech that uh, Yanis Varoufakis makes, who was the ex Greek finance minister, which I, and he's a very good friend of Assange. But you know what he says is that we are ruled by big tech currently, both in the corporate level and the state level. And how do they work? Both governments and the corporates work in complete opacity and what Julian does is that the very same tech that gave rise to the big brother, he flipped it. So the whole idea of WikiLeaks was to take the same tech that turned us into data and turn it against them and render them more transparent and us more opaque. And I think that's the best way to talk about WikiLeaks and the movement, and the movement it started. Guys, so on that
0: note, hope that we've been able to do justice to bring awareness to the legacy that WikiLeaks and Assange have left behind. Of course, Julian is in Belmarsh prison in England right now, and the decision on his extradition to the US is to come in early 2021. We are all still clinging to the hopes that he will be set free, and so the freedom of press will remain protected. I urge all of you to do what you can to support the Free Assange movement. We have left some links in the description. Please go follow to show your support.